This episode of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast is brought to you by Vox, HPT Human Performance Technology. Athletes want and need safe, natural, and legal alternatives to achieve maximum performance. Vox Life HPT has harnessed the power of neuroscience and neuroactivation through their innovative and proprietary brand of athletic, wellness, and lifestyle socks, insoles, and 24-hour wearable neuro patches. There is a tech pattern or code on the bottom of the sock and insoles that stimulates neural points in the bottom of the foot, eliciting a signal through the central nervous system to the midbrain, creating homeostasis or equilibrium in the midbrain. Like doing a control, alt, delete. It helps the brain reorganize and maximize your neurology. The midbrain is responsible for automatic functions such as balance, stability, strength, and power, range of motion, flexibility, mobility, and pain modulation. Seven to nine seconds is all it takes to reach the midbrain. It's Fox with two X's for sports enthusiasts. Increase in stamina, increase in endurance and recovery, increased energy, stability, and power output. Adds 20% more efficiency to your workouts, increased agility and flexibility, increased freedom of movement and range of motion, increases power generation and output, maximize reps and workload, 8% improvement in time, executed force, 17% more eccentric force, Safe, affordable, non-invasive, non-electrical, no contraindications. Drug-free, stats on performance through independent studies at California Sports Institute, the Golf Lab, and Leuna Labor Organization. All information will be located on our podcast website, twofitcrazies.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, what's going on? Spring has sprung. It is. Weather's getting nice. Mm -hmm. Birds are chirping. Robin Redbreast is out there singing. I think we made it. Okay. I'm going to knock on wood and not say anything. Yeah. I'm just going to ride this decent, milder weather out. A few more days till Hopkinton. (sighs) Yeah. All right. We're good. We're good. I can think about it. All right. Think about it. All right. All right. So we're coming off a very awesome, hot episode 94 with Matthew Januzek. What did you think about him? It was awesome conversation. Wasn't he great? Yeah, no, really good. Escape. Uh, you know, we uh, we got into- uh, Escape Fitness. Yeah, Escape Fitness. Is and, his company. Yep. And he- I love the story behind it. The story it. behind it. Yeah. It no, was great. It's great. It was just it's right up our alley for sure. Yeah, he. I, it was great because at the end, after we got off of the the podcast that you're going to hear today, he was like, "Wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that that was the direction we we're going to go, or this or that." And I mean, Brian and I love the story. I mean, it's escape fitness because he wanted to escape his, you know, his, his work, his career, life. his job that he wasn't too happy with. And, and we were like, "Amen, <laughs> brother!" Like, it, it's just such a, a kindred cool spirits thing to see people chase their dreams, and he's now like owns companies or like $33 million fitness companies. And he's got his podcast, which is super successful as well. Honestly, Matthew's like rubbing elbows with the big dogs. He is amazing, making huge changes in the fitness and health and wellness community all over. So it was good to have him on. We had a great great conversation. 94 is a good one. Go check that out. Onward and upward. 90. Yeah. Five. 90. Five we're hitting up today. Unbelievable. Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. And 
I, I don't know. We've had a lot of California stuff going lately, on lately. Lately, it's been a lot of California. Or Midwest. And I mean, we have the Netherlands and Canada. And so, yeah, we haven't been local. We're going to get local again. Yeah, don't we're worry. Gonna go, we're going to go bring it back. We're bringing it back. You know, East Coast. Best, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're East Coasters, you know. We love, we love everyone. But today, we're going to hear from Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. And he is coming to us from Huntington Beach. He was pretty amazing today. He has his own podcast. He is... He actually owns Performance Sports Care. Um, just extremely talented and knowledgeable doctor. He has Restoring Human Movement is his podcast. He actually just came out with a book called I Will Beat Back Pain. Not like beat it up, but like I'm going to triumph over back pain, which is out all over and, you know, Amazon. It's Audible. Um, where else did he say? It was Kindle. And not just, he's not just focusing on you know, here's the movement, just do it. It's the mindset. Oh, I was in like, heaven once yeah. we went to that. Getting getting into the fact like, okay, what do you think that the back pain is? And, you know, is that is that real? Is it, you know, is it real? Is it there? Is it, you know, what are we working with? And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's something that, that I tried to get to the bottom of with people, you know, that come to me and say, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. Oh, really? What makes you think that? And, and you know, from there. Stop tripping over yourself and get yeah. to work. And and not to say that that people aren't injured or people don't have back pain and and if they do you know he's he's got uh, you know everything there to to help them with that and he's helping a lot of people he gets into some stories about you know some sciatic type uh, ailments that you know are, are pretty easily uh, fixed uh, you know with with his help and uh, it, you know it's just it's a really good outlook and and the way that doctoring should be done you know it's 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 really. Um, not just, okay, here's your thing. Here's your script. Here's your thing. I'll see you when you, you know, try and feel better. And, you know, we'll see you in a few months. And, and obviously with the PT, uh, uh, clinic, it's, you know, or, or you know, uh, uh, PT office, it's different. You know, there's some hands-on work being done, but he, uh, you know, it's just really refreshing to hear, um, you know, somebody go to that area of the ailment, which might be, you know, somewhat, um, you know, pre pre, um, you know, decided what it's going, what, what the issue is. And I just thought it was great. what do you think? The quote that I'm going to use is fitness is the stepping stone towards the other result. And that was a great mindset and a great thing that he had said, because that's the way he's looking at it. He's not looking at just to get you, you know, up and, and moving and mobile again. It, that's not enough. It's, it's gotta be more. So what are we going to do to get you back to where you want to be? What is your goal? I mean, do you want to pick up your grandkids and something wrong with your shoulder? Is it being afraid to bend or are you a legit, you know, competitive athlete and you not only want to be able to be pain-free, but you want to perform as you did before, if not better. How do we get you there? And right. that I think is a powerful mindset. And, and, and sometimes and, that first thing to get over is that mental hurdle. You know, what are you accepting as reality, um, you know, regarding your condition? Um, you know, there are times where I've been injured where I was like, this is never getting better. You know, this is what it's going to be like from now on. And, and then, you know, you meet the right 
person that can help you and fix you and and get you out of you know that that hole and you know then life's good again and you're doing everything that you've done and and sometimes even better so uh you know it was really really great conversation and and he does come to us from Huntington Beach, California. So uh, you know, we just have some uh, a great. T- he's still, you know, he's thirty six years old. And he's playing baseball mm-hmm. uh, competitively, and he loves it. And, and he was injured, yeah, badly when he was younger. So yeah. this is you know, we're talking twenty one years later, twenty one years blood. later after an injury in high school baseball, he's still out there, and he, you know, he says, "I love to steal bases," mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great, uh, you know. And and um, there's always something that can be done. That's my mindset. You know, nothing is matter of fact. Um, you, there's very few things actually. You know. Right. I guess I should say that that are that are matter of fact, and uh, you know when you think it's when you think it's it's done, then I think you've stopped trying, and uh, there's never you know or your calling is somewhere else, yeah. or, or your direction needs to be in a different place, and maybe that's where you're meant to be. So leave it at that. Listen, uh-huh. I mean, he's got a podcast, he's got a book. I mean, that, I don't care where I don't care where all of our guests are located. Great guests. Go go find their info and and feed off of their knowledge. So. It's going to be great. Uh-huh. Episode 95, Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast with Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. Listen up. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are too fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how's it going? Ready to rumble. You are. Yeah. For what? Always. For everything. For Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. Yeah. Who's coming to us <laughs> for episode 95 with two fit crazies and a microphone. We're getting there, Conti. I'm so pumped. Guests are just that rocking hun- it. That hundred is uh, is within reach. It is. And you know what? I think... It's been pretty crazy, a great ride for all of our listeners out there that have been growing our base around the world. Just all of the awesome information that you're getting from these podcasts. Literally, people pay our guests thousands of dollars for this information, and they're coming to you for free. I hope everyone hears this right, right. now. So, no copay. For real. So, Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez, welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you today? Hey, great. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. By the way, what are you going to do in your 100th episode? Oh, oh, you just sit and wait, secret. Doc. Okay, you gotta sit and wait. Yeah, we've got a we got a we got a heavy hitter plan. Actually, we've got them all booked like through uh, you know probably through one hundred and five at this point. But uh, we're up higher than that. Yeah. Now. All right. Okay. So, by the way, yeah, every one of our guests is a heavy hitter. Brian. Yeah. Just gonna throw that <laughs> out. Right. There. Well, we're rolling out red carpets for this one. You know, uh, for for hundreds, gonna be great. And uh, you know, at some point, we got to do one just you and I, just to recap all this nonsense we've been up to uh, these last uh, we both years, we both so. are running a race pretty soon, so we'll have to recap that that experience. Absolutely. So, we'll see. But so, all right. So, Doctor Sebastian Gonzalez, where are you coming to us from today? 
Mm, I'm from sunny Huntington Beach, California. Um, oh, my goodness. Do you guys know where that is? Yeah, land of milk and honey. I was just out in San Francisco <laughs> doing a conference last weekend. It's nowhere near San Francisco. I know it is. It was. It's so much warmer <laughs> in Huntington Beach as a volleyball player growing up. It's Huntington Beach was like where it's at, you know? I'm pretty sure Huntington Beach and, and uh, San Francisco, apparently during the summertime, there's like a fog, and it's better during the wintertime, and it's obviously better during the summertime here. Yeah. All right. So... Not all things in California created equal. It is something out there. I mean, uh, I've got a friend. Uh, I've got a friend in Manhattan Beach. I spent some time, like you know, further south, uh, uh, Newport, and uh, and uh, it's. I tell you, it's not so bad. I can get used to it out there. Are you born right. and raised? Are you native? <laughs> well, you guys are up in Jersey, huh? I yes. got a. I got a friend in Jersey. He t- he tends to think it's really great in Jersey. All right. Well, I do too. It it's is not cool. so bad. I stick out like a sore thumb. I got off the plane in California. I just don't. I'm too high strung to be a Californian ever. I'd have to be tranquilized in order to live out there. It's pretty funny. Uh, no need for no it is for me. I settle right in. You know what, though? We Actually, live- I, was, I was wondering, when you guys do your podcast here, like you're so amped up. What do you drink prior to to make this happen? I'm Did- drinking water. <laughs> Um, if I were to drink, do you know that if I were to drink energy drinks, things like that, I think my heart and head would just explode. God help us all. It's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, pre-workout. She's nuts. She's nuts for sure. How about yourself? What do you got? What are you on? What are you on today? I just got water right now. I already spent the coffee, but, uh, in in the past, I've done. I was trying to figure out how to make my coffee still hot because I like making it at home. It's still hot when I'm doing a podcast, and so I got one of those uh, uh, Yeti mugs. Yeah, they're pretty good, and right? It, it would last like two hours though. I couldn't even touch it through the podcast. I had to figure out how to like time it out so you can swirl it for like ten minutes and cool it down to a, a, a good temperature. You know, what so, are we Goldilocks right here? Now. Too hot? Too cold? <laughs> for real? It's happening. I, I know it's uh, f- th- it's first world problems. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hashtag middle upper class problems. <laughs> Huntington Beach problems. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's those Yetis though. I su- I swear. Sometimes I'll reach out to that thing at you know four hours later, and it's still like you said, it's piping hot. It, they seem to work. Whatever they right. put in it, I don't, who knows if it's good for us? What do you think? <laughs> I've wondered what to do with like, so say you got those Yeti ice or the coolers, right? And so you're out camping and then so they cost like $500. So you leave in the middle of your campsite and you walk off and you're literally leaving a $500 bill in the middle of your campsite. Like, I don't want one. (laughs) Anything could happen. I always thought it was kind of funny how like the you see these guys with pickup trucks and they have the Yeti sticker on Mm -hmm. their pickup trucks. Like they're representing a cooler. (laughs) Like it's a weird thing to represent. Like I got this is my cooler. Like this is my brand. I'm loyal to my cooler brand. All I'm thinking right now is that we have just given a whole <laughs> another group of people a reason to go out and like steal Yetis and have a black market for Yeti coolers now. With Hashtag this. Yeti. Oh jeez. Yeah. By the way, this this show is sponsored by Yeti. I know. Soon enough. For real. Let's go. I feel like I should. I'll call put a them sticker right on my truck. No problem. I'll put a sticker on my face. I don't care. You want to sponsor my show? It's great. So let's uh, let's talk. So originally, where'd you grow up? Uh, I actually grew up uh, really close to here. So if you've been to Newport Beach, I grew up in Fountain mm-hmm. Valley. So I don't, okay. I didn't go any further than like two miles uh, from where I grew up. And my office is within. I mean, I could bike here, and like if I didn't have a light, I could probably bike here in about five minutes. You know, so it's close. I don't see a freeway majority of the time, except for when I'm going to play baseball on the weekends. So um, small bubble, but. I don't need anything else. <laughs> so 
Uh, I was really, I'm really close. I'm fortunate around here to not have to drive too far to work. All right, good. So, good. so book, um, specializing in in sports and like you have so much going on. How did and we're going to get into all this in a little bit and podcast podcasts too, and yeah. so you obviously have done some stuff in your life, right? So did you start out kind of knowing that you wanted to go in this direction, or how did this how did this passion for I guess just for, we call it, we're changing lives is really what it is. Helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't actually remember the moment at least with with a podcast. I don't remember the moment where I thought, Hey, I think I'll start a podcast. But, um, at the time I was driving, I was renting a room. I was trying to start a satellite clinic, a second clinic out in Irvine. So that was like 30 minutes away. And so I'd learned things from some of the PTs out there and, and, uh, I'd see some interesting cases. And so on the way home, uh, actually, at that time as well, I was going and shadowing some docs where I'm like, huh, they got some good things to share. I think I'll remind myself, you know. And so I did it on my iPhone with the little mic in there. And I did it in the car on the way home because there was traffic. And uh, I published some of those. And I, but like I said, I don't remember when it actually became like, hey, I think I'll do this thing. But I do remember the first time where I realized that I need a mic was that I was listening to a coffee podcast on a plane. And the hum of the engine was not that strong, but it was strong enough to where I couldn't hear what I want. I, I couldn't turn the volume up high enough. It was crazy. And so I realized if I'm going to do this, I need to get a legit mic. Like there's no reason to not. And so after that, it was just kind of off the races. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably on, I think I'm at 150 right now on podcast. Awesome. So. Yeah. You make it yeah. past 50. You made it. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. Right. A um, hundred, by the way, for mine was what I learned from all of the past hundred. So I recapped and did a, uh, I did a show where uh, I took four or five bits of pieces of, of all the other ones where they were groundbreaking to me because I learned stuff through all these podcasts too. So, what did we do? We we did a fifty. We did like a what the fifty. What the fifty? We yeah, did. yeah. WTF? Like what the food? <laughs> what the fitness? We so we had to. We came back to a what the fifty. But we'll we'll get there. But I think it's cool. To, I mean, all that information going back and the evolution of hey, I have this idea and I'm going to put it in motion and. I mean, it's, I think it's just such an amazing thing. And I always say, you know, when you don't have a platform, you create your own and it's really such a great way to educate others. And again, it doesn't hurt you marketing yourself either. I mean, you got to have, you got to take some, you know, got to take some porridge Goldilocks here, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I think that, uh, listening to your guys' show, like you guys are are great speakers and I, I heard the one where Todd was on there and, uh, Todd's a great speaker. And I hear mine and when on their solo podcast, there's a lot of ums and likes and uhs. And I'm like, damn, I need to get better too. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I get a lot better as I start to go through and storytell. So um, they, it's been helpful for me for, for public speaking as, as well. So there's, I think there's a lot of great benefits with the podcast. So Speaking with intention it's is what my biggest piece of advice that I tell people. And I was an English teacher and did a lot of speaking events in my past, but pick your words and speak with intention. And, and that's just not for podcasters. That's for people in life. Sometimes it gets lost from my brain to my mouth though. You know, like the speaking's hard, you know, and you, and you have to, and I say, you know, a lot. That's my little, little uh, jag that I have uh, with it. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's, it's, you, you put it out there and you try and make it interesting, but it's, it's not always easy. Right, right. Sometimes you get halfway through a story and you're like, I don't know where this is going. And then I found $5. <laughs> Always. Uh, so tell us, tell us about the podcast. Give our, our listeners the name and, and tell us about the format of it. You said it's uh, just, you know, it's just you, correct? 
Sure. Um, I do interview format, and I actually have attained a serial co-host, I would call him. Uh, it was one of my friends who decided one day, he's like, I can make your show better. And I said, prove it, basically. And uh, he does make it better. So I get him once every 10 episodes or so. Uh, it's called Restoring Human Movement. Uh, it used to be uh, the Performance Play Sports Care Podcast. And I thought, this this sucks. It's like the name of my clinic. And it didn't really, wasn't a good reflection of what we're we're doing in there. But the way I like to position it is that Think of there's two clinicians, uh, PTs, DCs, MDs, whatever. They're having a beer and there's a friend there who's like a CPA, right? And so we don't all speak the same language, but every time we hit something that's kind of a little bit on the edge where it's like my CPA won't understand, we clarify. And so I want to find a common language here because we tend to, we, we know what the person we, we, beyond a reasonable doubt, we know what the person should be doing for their thing, but the loss of communication between it provides some doubt or maybe some fear, or maybe the, the person uh, doesn't know that you've actually taken into consideration all of their uh, other things they thought they had. And so I just want to blend the line where people start to understand a little bit more what's going on with themselves. Uh, and clinicians, uh, they tend to improve their communication through analogies, but also too, I get to interview some really amazing guests. And uh, so I've, I've had on some, some great experts in our field as well as some fitness and strength conditioning experts as well. So I, I learned a ton from there. So um, I'd say probably once every five episodes, there's an interview. Um, but if I'm attempting to get someone to understand like what a back injury is all about, like I've done this in the past. I had Stuart McGill on who's, who's just amazing with uh flexing and tolerant spines or back. Sure. And I asked him all the questions that I wanted, uh, that I, I thought a patient would ask. And at the end I thought, damn, I wish I would ask what I wanted. And I could have just recapped what he said via another format. And so I kind of went that route more of the, uh, uh, I'll clean up the interview later. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and, that's the idea of it. Well, it's fantastic because you know, and, and we get lost in our own minds sometimes. Like we we know sometimes without saying or doing, like you know what's needed, and 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 just get to work. And you know, you kind of sometimes you forget. I mean, us in the gym and and as trainers, you know that that okay, we've got to slow down. We got to explain it. We got to tell everyone what we're doing. And uh, you know, and, and I'm a doer. Like I'm a I'm a head down doer. Uh, you know that that just gets things done. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes you just understand that it's good to, uh, stop the flow a little bit and just take the time to explain everything. And, and I think that, you know, doctors forget it and trainers forget it and even teachers forget it. Um, you know, that, that we're not just like following the curriculum here. We're just going with the, with the flow. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, um, it, it's good to slow it down. I, pre- I think it's pretty great that you're doing it and, uh, the listeners can understand things on a better level. And you're making, you're, all right, so here's, this is the best part. So, Sebastian, you're like, you have a serial co-host, right? All I'm thinking of is like, you got Sugar Pop Bear <laughs> or Captain Crunch coming in. Because, and and I know I say that kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, but really what you're doing is you're making it, you know, you're making it kind of fun and people will actually listen. If you're just, you know, our fav- my favorite thing is they're not on a platform like pontificating to people and they're like, wait, what does that mean? It, you're, you're giving them the, the real, the, you know, it's like the, this is, this is the street lingo for what's happening to your spine. And, you know, I think it's the same idea with us, with our podcast. We want you to, you know, get information. I mean, I mean we want you to be a serial learner too, you know, and a serial, you know, someone who is, wants to take care of their body and wants to take care of their mind. And that is such a powerful thing. So talk to us about how you got to that point. Now, obviously, um, were you an athlete growing up and got inspired that way? How did that happen? 
I, w- I was. Um, actually, uh, one sec. Uh, re-ask that question in, in a different way. I want to make sure I'm answering the right question. I tangent a lot, so. <laughs> tangent away. So, um, yeah, I, I, I grew up playing baseball, and I still do now. I'm 36. Um, I, I hurt myself when I was in high school, actually. I was trying to beat out a ground ball. Uh, I, I impacted the base with, I think it was my right leg at the time, but either way, it sent, sent like a jolt through my leg, through the spine. Uh, and I had to take myself basically out of the game at that point. And I was 15 or so at the time. Uh, at that point, I went through like four months of PT where they took me out of baseball. So I lost like an entire season. And I, I, I started feeling better, but I also wasn't playing either. And so I think the the interesting thing about my rehab when I went through that first little bout was I kind of realized kind of how I want to treat people now in my clinic. And, I, and I've changed it a bit over the years, but for the most part, it was, it was interesting to me that when I went through it the first time, they took me out of the sport and I, and I was, I was fine as like a normal uh, human. I could walk, I could run around a little bit, you know, like I could sit around and watch TV. I could do all that stuff. It wasn't a big deal. But when I went back to play again, I uh, very first at bat, very first game, very first swing, I went down and took my out, took myself out again. Like it, it was like doubled over in pain. And so when I went through the second bout of care, it was it was kind of more, it was more treating me as the the end goal was to to make me an athlete again. And so there was some of the aspects of the first part of care, but at the same time there was also exposure to the forces you'll experience in the sport. And so with baseball, usually the swing will get you. And so for if we if we scale back a little bit to the to the first bout of rehab, I uh, I wasn't exposed to swinging for four months. So naturally, swinging for four months, not swinging for four months, is probably going to be worse, right? Um, and I was I was still recovering from the other things. So I was I was basically pre-op. Um, I had bone scans, MRIs, uh, CTs. I had all this stuff. I was checked for cancer and um, for um, for disc herniations and spondylolisthesis and fractures and all that stuff at age 15. And that's why what's that at age 15. That's uh that's, that's, a, you know, heavy to carry. Yeah. They, they didn't really know what to do with me, honestly. I mean, I was improving, but at the same time to return to sport, which was my goal, it was like menacing. So it was like, Hmm, let's just do surgery. You know, um, I opted not to, and I haven't had pain in 20 years. And so the, the second bout of care was, was, was much, much better. And it kind of molded in how I practice today with people. Um, and I use resistance training as rehab, as well as an exit plan, uh, from care. And, and I try not to let them rest too much. Um, and I get them moving as soon as possible. And so I've, I've fared very well with it. And it actually, the, the interesting part is that, um, if you've had any tissue work or adjustments and things like icing, stretching, like we call those passive care, um, or a passive care approach, which which are great for um, decreasing pain. But I've been surprised that, so I used a lot of that in the beginning of my practice, and I've been practicing for years. And uh, towards the end of like probably the past four or five years, I found out that I can actually get better or equal results with just loading them in a creative way. I don't even have to really touch them if I don't want to. So it just just it just kind of speaks to the the um, the therapeutic value of just exercise in the right place at the right time. And so I think what you guys are doing with um, getting people moving in through fitness, it's uh, it's it's solving more problems than you think, um, or maybe you already know that. But uh, it's it's sometimes it doesn't have to be too creative. We just have to uh, implement things back in a strategic way. 
Um, but movement is basically medicine, in my opinion. So why don't you get into the difference between that? Give some examples. I guess our listeners would love to hear this because many of us have gone to PT over you know, a course of our life or had maybe surgeries or not. And I do think it's very important to find the right physical therapist for you. I mean, if you're an athlete, you know, you probably should find a physical therapist that is athlete specific. So what should people be looking for? I guess, um, you know, again, a lot of our listeners are people who are active or should be working towards getting back into specific things. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. What, what, what do you see and what do you do? Well, I mean, I think that, that I mean, there's, there's probably multiple ways to skin this cat because I know that like, so some people come into me and they only want passive care or tissue work adjustments, which is fine. But at the same time, on the other side of their life, they have a, they have a strength coach or a trainer. And so they're implementing both. Um, but when people typically want one, in my opinion, uh, when they want to return to sport, it doesn't always fare very well. And there's, there's hiccups along the way. Picking a provider though, I think it's, I think it's mainly in the interview process. And I, I know this won't happen at every office, but but I've tried to make it a point over the past three, four months to really, uh, we'll take the phone call, my answering service will take the phone call, and I'll actually call them back and, and commit to about five to 10 minutes where I can talk to them on the phone. And if they're looking for one type of care, like say they're looking for only like, hey, I just want a massage, right? And and I And I ask them why. And we, so we get, we start unraveling the yarn, you know, and figuring out what they actually are trying to attain. And we might figure out the end of that is that, well, I've tried all these different things and nothing works. Someone told me I need to try massage and this is going to be my thing. And I said, great. It sounds like you're uh, struggling to find something that works. Let me examine you and I'll figure out what, what's needed for you. Um, and then we just have to build a little trust in the phone. On the flip side though, that person might say massage always works for me and I want massage. Um, and so in that case, that person, um, they might not fare well with me because that's not what I necessarily, you know, provide. And, um, but if they're already doing active care, they're already doing some type of loading and exercise on the other side, they'll probably do perfectly fine, you know? So I think there's, you have to kind of meet in the middle with that. But when people are going and, and researching their, uh, their clinician or their PT or their DC, I think it's, it's going to be very telling when you talk to them on the phone about what their philosophies are and, um, when people call and they ask about a back issue with me, I tell them my whole story with this and I say, I understand what you're feeling. Like you think you might have like cancer or you're afraid it might be that. And, uh, you know, you, you can't swing a baseball bat anymore. It's really frustrating to not be able to walk up and downstairs, huh? Right. And so I told him I've already been through this and, and I get it. And here's what my end goal was. What's your end goal? Um, and if it resonates well with you, go with them. And no matter what type of care that is, it, if it resonates with you, go ahead and try it. But my main thought with, with care overall is that if you're not seeing a significant change within about two or three weeks and you've given it a fair fighting chance, and that includes with mine, then try something else. You know, um, If it's not working for you, it's not working for you. Try something else. You want to have standing, lasting results. I, you know, I, I can appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough enough uh, to be injured. Right. And then, you know, you, you, you want to go in and, and, and have it fixed. And, you know, sometimes you do hit your head against the wall and, and, and try in different modalities of, of fixing it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a couple of times where, you know, it's just like this, uh, this didn't work and I'll try this. And, you know, I had some like nasty, um, ankle stuff and, and shin splints from running too much. And, uh, you know, the posterior tib and, uh, 
they, uh, you know, I was like, oh, you need orthotics. Okay. So, you know, we'll try those. And I didn't need any of that stuff. I just needed to get stronger. I needed to, you know, to, to, um, you know, get some, some soft tissue stuff done. And, uh, you know, it's just really hard to kind of know when it's not working, when to stop. Um, A, when to stop the exercising itself. And, you know, that's the hard part. Uh, you know, sometimes the, the people take it way too far thinking that they could just, you know, work their way out of it. Now, that's not going like to work. Like who? Yeah, somebody I'm looking <laughs> at right now. Uh, we got a tough nugget over here. Um, and, and uh, uh, you know, but I just want to get back to your style and your, your you know, your your uh, your techniques that you're using. I, I've been in both, right? I've been in like the clinician type or like, you know, the setup where you come in and you get your heat, you know, and you get and then you get your stim and there's a row of exam tables, you know, and then you get your, you know, you get your stretch and then you get your ice and maybe you do some exercises and then you get out of there. And then I've been in other PT settings, which is, sounds similar to what you're, you're explaining your practice to be, where there is activity. You're you know? sweating. And where I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't know I was going to break a sweat. In right. PT and there's, today. you know, there's, there's, uh, there's load bearing exercises and there's, there's actually, you know, some, some strength work going on. Um, you know, and, and, you know, for me, I'm an athlete, you know, I'm, I'm not a veal, you know, like I, I appreciate, uh, you know, the, 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 um, you know, if I'm, if I'm injured and I'm not working out and I can't do the things that I usually like to do, I, I appreciate a high heart rate from time to time and, 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 and getting, you know, somewhat of, of the benefits of the things that I usually like to do. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, tell us about that. What's, uh, what's like the day to day like really with you guys? Um, you know, is it a little bit of both, like you said, or is it strictly... So, so it all depends like where the person's at, I guess, like, um, and, and everybody's a little different when they walk in is it's, uh, so I say some people need first aid and some people have had a cut and a scab and a scar, you know? And so there's, there's different phases of their recovery really. But, um, some people who are first aid, like, so there was a lady who came in the other day and she had a, she had just like a raging, like single side leg pain or what you would most people consider a sciatica. Um, actually it's a radiculopathy. Um, but, uh, it's a nerve root issue in, in her case, but, um, so she was not able to sleep. She couldn't work out. She was a five day a week, uh, uh, gym goer. Um, and she had a lot going on in her life uh, for the most part, she couldn't control her own symptoms. And so we, we just did a simple thing in this, this is an example of a first aid. Um, so we laid her on the table and, and I just barely tilted her, uh, pelvis down, which in, in theory, all it does is open one hole of the spine that allows the nerve to breathe is all. Um, and her symptoms all went away. And so we did that for about five times or so, and it took about 30 seconds per, per thing. And then she was able to walk with no symptoms. And eventually she started to walk with symptoms. And so I told her to swing her arms and swinging her arms produces, uh, um, abdominal co-contraction, which supports the spine as well. And she's like, Oh, it went away again. And so that's an example of like how someone like that day, she, she really didn't do much other than just like laying the table. I coached her into, this is what you're going to do at home multiple times a day until your, until your nerve pain comes up into the back. And then we're going to just gonna be walking as much as you can on the flip side though. Like, so I had this, um, I had a guy come in with a, a similar thing or uh, same or same thing rather. And he had already those, those steps in play. He can control his symptoms and it was just intermittent, you know, it was, it was on and off. And this other lady, she was consistent. And so, um, in that regard, when it's intermittent, you gotta, you, uh, you have a little bit more of a, a lower risk when you implement like a corrective exercise strategy or a loading strategy. And so this guy in particular, um, when I saw him, we, I had him squat down just to look as a looking glass to see what his body is doing. And so he offloaded or shied away from his right side, his right leg. 
And, and we can extrapolate and say that's the knee or the hip or the foot or the whatever it is. It doesn't, um, that's a larger conversation. But so all I did with him is we spent some time in a single leg stance on that side that was not um, using its, that was not, uh, it was not supporting body weight. And so we did this about for about two minutes on and off, broken up into bits to his own tolerance. He was able to walk the rest of that day with no symptoms whatsoever. And previously, he wasn't able to walk more than nine holes of golf without having uh, or uh, without having a symptom in the leg. And so, in that case, a stabilization strategy worked really well for him, and it actually negated the need for more first aid. And so, other people come in. Uh, this guy, he had an elbow condition. He called it um, te- uh, he called it golfer's elbow. I don't think it really was. I think it was a nerve-based thing, but he had it with pull-ups and he'd been, he'd been uh, taking, he took like, I think three months off at the gym or he wasn't doing pulling. And he's like, surely the rest will get rid of this. Um, and so, and the only way we can really trigger a symptom was a pull-up. So I have a pull-up bar in my office. I said, go ahead, do some pull-ups. First pull-up, he felt it. And he's like, yeah, that's the thing. Isn't it weird that, that you think it will go away after a couple months? And I'm like, well, it's, it's not really weird. And I'm like, you look like you're trying to bicep curl the bar. How will we do this? So I coached him into a front lever, which is more of the, uh, I told him to wrap the shoulder blades around the rib cage before he even pulls. And so he did that. He did it five, six times, no elbow symptoms whatsoever. So in that case, we can get a lot more uh, or higher level loading with someone like that versus that first case. And so everybody's a little different, but I think it takes a trained eye to be able to see where that intervention can be placed. Um, or if even they even need uh, some of the other like low level stuff like like ice and heat and so on, you know. I almost think here's what here's what's going on in my crazy head <laughs> as you're talking, right? There's so many people. I know. Oh, okay, it's it's really not that bad. But there's so many people out there, and I'll take it back to this that you know you're talking about interviewing process about you know your physical therapist and working with people, you know, and what your goals are. And I'm sitting here going, all right, well, even before that, right? If you're working with a coach or you're working with a personal trainer or whatnot, we talk a lot about you need to interview the people you're working with. And those people need to, you know, when I work with someone, you know, my job now is to analyze the human body. And I will say to someone, How, how's, you know, what's going on with your hip? And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you're babying your right leg. You're not lifting your hip as high as, as do you have tightness? Do you have, well, how do you know that? I said, because this is what I do for a living. This, this is what I do. I see that something's wrong with your form when you're squatting. Is your knee bothering you? Well, yeah, it is. I said, well, my knee would be bothering me too if, if my knee was, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many degrees in front of my toe when I'm trying to squat or, or this and throwing your body weight off. I think it's important to kind of put all of that together and say, all right, well, you know, did you start with bad form? Do you not know what you're doing? And now when people come to you, it, it seems like just for me that, you know, when you're going to physical therapy, there's that therapeutic restorative. And then there's the, let's analyze your form. Let's look at sports specific movement. Like you were saying with those, you know, with the pull-ups, I mean, not everyone in the world needs to do a pull-up, but there's certain functional fitness moves or functional moves you do on a daily basis. You need that range of motion. Um, I just think that that is such a huge thing to point out that, you know, you're looking at them and saying, well, here's, maybe you're, maybe you're just not doing it right. Maybe here's a little corrections and it could poof, your pain goes away because right. of this. And maybe no one told you and you simple, don't know. Simple gait analysis, you know, running and, and, and just anything like that. Even, you know, even the way you swing a bat, right? Your hands coming over the top, it might, you know, cause some, 
uh, you know, some issues with uh, with shoulders and elbows for sure. You know, it's uh, there's there's a lot of things that we can pick up on before they get uh, you know to to physical therapy without a doubt. Yeah, I think there's uh, I I think definitely interviewing and letting or if the provider or the coach or the trainer or whoever like if they don't have like I don't think they should have a solid answer about outcome on, on like it's like hey I got back pain great that'll take one time you know it's yeah. like they haven't seen you you know they don't know anything about you and they don't know where to start with you uh, until they really take the time but in the same right like in a, an examination uh, via uh, any professional take some time. Like you, you can't just tell someone, tell someone how to save money on their taxes by like looking at the front of their, their return. You, you got to get into it, you know? Um, and, and I always tell people you're like a novel. I'm starting halfway. You got a whole history. It's not fair for me to be able to make a decision on you like correctly. I just, I, I read one page of your 500 page novel. I don't know anything, you know? I've been videoing. I've started doing that a lot of just range of motion and whatnot if I work with people. And it's, I think it just blow, it's just such a great tool. And, you know, again, another thing just to kind of be like, here, look at where you were. Now you look, I mean, I they could take the ruler. It. I mean, again, you could do a bunch of different things, but that's kind of my go-to is look at where you are now. And I know if you're not doing things on your own, I know, <laughs> and you're going to be in trouble. So let's talk about the book, by the way, you said book coming up you you said it so let's go there so okay. you had so we're talking about you know not reading the first half of you know your your client's book but let's talk about what you wrote let's let's talk about this what was the what was the inspiration and first of all tell everyone the title the book is called i will beat back pain and someone told me before they're like is it well i will beat back pain or i will beat back pain <laughs> I'm like, dude, don't don't think of it that much. Just just type it in and start start the first chapter. You'll understand. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, I I didn't plan on writing a book at all. Like, like I had no ambition of writing a book. And so the the concept of this started with uh, I have some friends that like live out of state, and also I have some friends that I play baseball with that that um, honestly I don't like I don't like charging friends, and I feel weird about it, you know, and. Uh, they they come in sometimes and it's kind of like it's that awkward dance where it's like like you meet someone in a hallway and you don't you go left and they go left and you go right and they go right and it's like no one's ever going anywhere and so I, I came to the the resolution and I'm like why don't I I don't feel right charging you but at the same time like I I, I want to give you the information needed to get what you you're supposed to do and, and if you need help along the way you tell me and so I created this like it was kind of like sitting down for uh, it took me. It took me almost a year, I think, but it was like, imagine just like having a beer and just writing a massive manuscript like Jerry Maguire did. Right. <laughs> and so I did that with, with back issues, um, rotational based back pain, morning back pain, uh, bending forward to tie your shoes, lifting objects type of back pain. Um, and I just kind of wrote down all the stuff that I thought was, of that people needed to know as well as all of the video based versions of the exercises that if I had to gamble, these are the ones I'd use all the way down into hip loading. And so I did that. And at the end of it all, it was like 260 pages. It was long, right? With like 40, 50 videos. And so I sent it to all these people and I said, look, I don't proofread my stuff at all. Like I, I just don't like I can, I can uh, like people ask me, like uh, my friends ask me, they joke. They're like, where were you born? I said, America. And they're like, you look like you like English is your language. You know, I just can't see my typos. And so uh, I just asked them to proofread it for me. And then if I'm like, go through there, it was intended for you. Check it out. Right. And so I checked back a month later, 
Not, not one single person even opened it. And they're still having back pain and I asked why. And after having um, enough of a conversation with them, they basically, the conclusion was, this is too big and menacing to even open. It was like the fear of starting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was frustrating to me. And it was frustrating, not only the fact that I spent so much time on it, but also the fact that I really thought this would help them and they didn't even try. And so what I did was I just, I didn't scrap the entire thing. I sliced it into two. And so the first part, it, it goes through my, basically my whole story in high school about how I hurt my back, as well as the second one, which I hurt my back about a year ago, um, deadlifting, like probably most of us do. And I went to a friend who assessed me and everything, kind of how we talked about. Uh, and I hired a strength coach and he came two times a week for about three months. And then he came one time a week for about three months or so because I was, I was not loading into a single hip and I couldn't even feel it. And it was scary to go through the stuff. Um, so at the time, I actually recorded audio of what I was thinking, uh, especially the first two weeks of care. And um, it, it, like I sounded damn depressed. And so think of it kind of like a diary. And so the thought of the book actually was that clearly these people aren't picking up the, they're like, they're not even ready for a solution. I don't know why. Maybe it's a mental blockade. Maybe they don't believe that their injury will ever get better. Maybe they've been told they have arthritis and arthritis doesn't get better. Maybe they believe they have a weak back and that's just what it is. And so uh, basically the book surrounds uh, my story as well as the interventions that I did and just letting people know that, that their body's resilient. Like it wants to get better. Just give it a chance. And probably the thing that is in the way the most is their mind. And so I take them through not physical recovery. I take them through like just mental line items. Like, what do you believe about your back to be true? Um, what have you read through this chapter that you think I'm full of crap on basically? Uh, and if you think that read the research article, read up, read references on it just to see if I am full of crap. Um, but the, the, the point is, is that it's, it's intended to get people to the point where they they're ready and excited to accept a change. Um, whether that be with me or with another healthcare provider, or maybe they go and just generally physical preparing general physical preparedness makes a lot of people feel better. So um, that's the, that's the point of the book really. Um, and I've had some great responses with it so far. Um, I had a lady call from Florida the other day. It was interesting. She, uh, she said her and her husband sat down and listened to the audio version two different times and they wanted to fly out and see me. I said, please don't go. I have a friend in Birmingham. Please go there instead. <laughs> um, but they were really inspired. It was like, it was, it was nice to see that it's helping people. So um that, that was, I guess that's the basic premise of the book there. So can you give, can you give our listeners a little spoiler? Any, uh, any tip in the book that might be, might be kind of helpful as a, as a little carrot to dangle, because obviously we're going to put this info on our, on our social media outlets and, you know, hopefully get some people to invest in their health through learning a little bit more about their back pain. So give us a little something. Sure. Well, I think that the probably the, the, the biggest thing that I see is that easily see a block, blockade, and I wrote about these in the book, was that all of the things you think to be true about your back, that might or might not be, but either way, I think exploring them each in, in their own right is, is important. And so um, I remember I had a guy come in one time that he, uh, I didn't write this specific story in there, but it's probably more entertaining if I just tell a story based, mm-hmm. uh, based upon it. But uh, he said, I'm old. And he wasn't that old. He was like 40. And, he, and, uh, so we were going through his rehab and, and, uh, he kept saying, uh, he would keep having ex- exacerbations throughout the week. And, and I said, um, so he, he demonstrated that, uh, so he, he hurt his, he hurts his back when he bends forward. And so he's telling me all of this uh, about how old he is and how he's never going to get better. Um, no matter what we do while he's basically an Indian style position on the floor, 
which around the back again. And uh, so some people believe that their back is because they're old. And I don't think that's true at all. Like I'm, I'm 36. I feel better at, I felt, well, I, I felt better at 34 than I did at 20. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the same kind of thing. And actually I think that the, uh, the, the thing that most people consider when they say, Hey, my, my pain is because I'm old is they think about the, 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 the dreaded arthritis or degeneration disease. Right. And so these things have like these connotations to them where it's like, when I think degeneration, I think it's not getting better. It's not getting better. What a horrible name, you know, um, arthritis, you can't really do much about general arthritis. It's uh, osteo, but at the same time, I, and I wrote a, I put a little, um, graph in the book that is correlated to a research article, which shows that back pain tends to spike in their thirties and arthritis tends to spike in your sixties. Right. And so they're not really correlated to each other really. Um, or if there is, or it's, it's more minor than, than the public thinks. And in degeneration as well, it's the same thing. It's like, it doesn't really have like people who have disc injuries. Typically um, it's the searing back pain they have where they get up and they try to roll out of bed and it just, it hurts with the first step. Um, that one, and they say, they find that the, the disc starts to kind of flatten a little bit. Um, it loses its juice over age and they're actually, their back pain gets better, you know? And so I think the thought that people have about what is creating their back pain is worth exploring and just investigating if there's any merit or not. Some people think that they have a pinched nerve. They might or might not. Um, some people tend to think that they, their parents had back pain. So they are like, they will inherently have back pain. And that's not, that's, I don't want to say it's not completely true. There's a small factor in it, but if I'm going to estimate, I'll say it's, it's 90% wrong. But these are the things where it's like, if they have them, they think, why even bother? And so I would challenge people listening to this to really challenge their belief system and figure out, like, ask, ask around, ask one of your friends who had back pain. Hey, does your mom have back pain? Oh, yeah, yeah, she can't even get out of bed. Do you have back pain? No, right? And so you're going to find all these outliers, um, which are probably going to become more of a majority than you, than you think. And so that's, that's probably the biggest teaser is, is uh, I go through all these common diagnoses that people think they have. Um, facet syndrome, um, I think I go over uh, SI joint. Uh, dysfunction or SI joint strains. And so all these are really common things for people to, to, to think that they have, but they, they probably don't, or a lot of them don't, you know, piriformis syndrome is another one too. I, I just love that. I mean, I love the fact that, and, and we, cause we've seen it, you know, people mm-hmm. create their own ailments that, you know, that don't really exist. I mean, they, perhaps they may, like you said, you know, you might run into something where they are correct. Um, you know, and, and but really, you know they're not they're they're making their own assessments and they're and they're stopping what they're doing they're stopping activity they're stopping you know these things because you know god forbid they made it to 40 and now they're back a little bit yeah and like, they and they say oh i can't do that stuff anymore uh you know this and that I said, that's it's it's nonsense right get your body to a point where you can do it and you know you can do it and you know sometimes it's it's uh, it takes convincing from uh, you know from from a doctor or, or from a trainer or somebody that that can help them out and just get them out of that mindset of you know the the pain is there because of age or the pain is there because uh, you know I, I'm a bricklayer and uh, you know or that or I sit in the office all day and I you know I can't necessarily be ever be healthy and, you know it's it's like it's like they quit on themselves. How about I got pain, I get it, I let it in, and now what's the solution? That I'm done with the 
complaining and then this and then that. I am done. I like Christine Conti is done <laughs> with the I can't do this. Me, me, me. Woe is me. Done with it. I won't even hear it. I right. literally will tell people that's fantastic. Don't tell me what you can't do. Show me what you can. Acknowledge what's going on, and now how are we going to move past it? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm and, getting like make in better. my old age. I'm getting very adamant. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's perfect because it's it's. I I I don't really I don't love making this analogy because there are people who out there who um might take offense to this, but I call it a victim mentality. It's like as long as you blame somebody else or something else for your problem, you can't take ownership or do anything about it because you can't control. You know, the world spins like you can't control other drivers. You can't control this kind of thing. It's just it's it's why waste your time thinking about it. Think about what you can control and what you can do. And you'll be surprised, I think, when things start to improve, once you take take a little bit of ownership and do the things you can do. You just got a slow, uh, silent clap for me from that one because that victim <laughs> was mentality. silent clapping. No, it was like it, 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 that's the truth, right? And it's it isn't a popular opinion. And you know, like we said, there are people that 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 are injured and that that do need you know certain care. But there there are other things that you know this is it becomes their reality, and and it, it doesn't have to be. You know, oh, you got a problem? Let's work about. Let's work on fixing it. You know, and, instead of not doing what you could possibly be doing to you know live a long, healthy life um yeah yeah it's it's uh you know we see we see it we see it all the time uh you know i i i you know even kids you know we ha- i get to the age now where we're with my kids and you know and you see the the dads and the parents that are done they're done like and they're you know they're in the 40s and now they live vicariously through their kids on the baseball field or the soccer pitch or whatever and and you know and they're kind of done and and it's just like you don't have to be done. Is it, you know, it's still right. your time. It's still your time. You 30s. Can still- Brian and I, I it, this was me. I will tell this story. We were out yesterday. Actually, we had an event and someone was up speaking. And I said, I look at Brian and I go, wait, did that girl just say she graduated college <laughs> like in almost 2010? I go, I could swear she's at least 15 years older than I am. It, it, and it's like, <laughs> right? I'm going to call it out that there is, you got to take care of yourself. You got to keep moving because guess what? You're in your, you know, what, early thirties. Did you give her your card at that mm-hmm. seminar? No. Is she going to listen to our next episode? No, there's no chance she's listening <laughs> to fitness or wellness or anything like that, which is really sad, right? Cause those are the people you want to really educate, but right. that's why, you know, we're, we're getting the word out, but that shouldn't be. And you know, we all look at people and say, just move anything. This is a journey. Just oh, get out there. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I was trying to think of like, I was thinking about like the book, right. And, uh, cause obviously other than creating it, there's the marketing aspect and all that stuff. And I'm sure you guys know from podcasting, how do you get the information to the people who need it? And, uh, I thought this is kind of stupid of me. I created a book for back pain of people who don't want to start a solution. Um, and, and so I, I was thinking, how do you get, like, you got to get the friends and family, the ones you care about the most, the ones who are trusted to, to implement some type of uh, push. And hopefully the push is enough where, uh, or, or when you push them, hopefully there is enough uh, friction reduction throughout that push that it, it tends to, uh, it tends to stick and then keep rolling. But it's, it's tough with fitness. It's tough. It's like, I heard you guys on another podcast. It's like, it's all of a sudden it's a punishment to do fitness. Like, like it should be like a lifestyle. Like it feels good. Like I like how I feel after I'm, after I'm doing fitness stuff, you know? I just know how miserable it is when it's not there. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, right. it's it's like water and sun, and I'm a plant. I need it. 
you know, <laughs> like, well, before the podcast, I, I came into the, to the studio mm-hmm. and, and I said, Brian, I, I was having a crazy day. This is not some, so you know what? Right before this, I went and I ran, I went to this little reservoir by us and I literally booked it for five miles. It just, you know, whatever came here. And I just said, you know what? I need to be in the moment. I need to just stop with all that. Just stop. And I took 30 minutes and was like, all right, now we're good. I'm going to be in the moment. And People need to find that. What is that? Is it just going for a walk? Is it just something to make you feel alive? Yeah. I, I was thinking about this before. I don't I don't know if it's a, a true thing or not, but I know that with for me, um, I I mean I, I, I've been lifting for a long time and, and by lifting I don't mean I, I, I crush weight. I just go in and move stuff and feel good. You know, it's like I don't I'm not married to the, the numbers or anything, but I've been lifting for a long time. And so I think um my friends that know me, like they they say like, oh, well, you just, you know, like, I don't know how you, you keep doing all this fitness stuff. Like we're getting dad bods and stuff. And, and I'm like, look, I don't, I don't know. I just do it. And so I started thinking about like every season, baseball season comes around, um, around, uh, we started two weeks ago. And so I still like playing and I still like playing well. And I like stealing bases, you know, and if I didn't do that, I wouldn't want to play. And so my fitness prompts me to be able to play baseball effectively and safely. And so I think that each person, when they have a fitness goal, if it's a number, there's an end point. But if there's a, like, it's like, hey, I want to learn to do salsa. And I love, like, I've salsa danced since I was a kid. Um, I think I think there's another driving factor in there where the fitness is the stepping stone to the other result. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The purpose, the purpose of it. What are we, what are we going towards here? And uh, it's, you know, oftentimes it's a, a dress size or a, you know, a pant size or a weight or, you, you know, and, and it's just, um, it's, it's, it's just a limited outlook as to how good it can actually get. Right. Yeah. So, it, uh, do you guys have a lot of people with back pain that that you're that you're training, or what are they? If you do, what do they talk about? Many times, people I work with, they have back pain and they can't bend over. Christine, I can't bend over. I can't. And I'm like, okay, first off, the can't word is not going to happen because that's just not in my vocabulary. (laughs) But it's a lot of the back pain that I see comes from very bad form that, you know, you're not using your legs. You're not, you know, in, you know, your hips are out of alignment. Your hips are really tight. They're really loose on one side. You're uneven. And that's really what I see the most. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not usually from an, from an injury or from a fall or, you know, from, you know, con- working construction and list- lifting heavy, um, you know, heavy things. But that's really what I see. And a lot of it is something that just through strength and adjusting their form eventually goes away just from, mm-hmm. from staying, staying active, I guess is, is for me, Brian, I don't know. What do you say? We do we do a lot of kettlebell training, and you know when done right, it's really effective for eliminating a lot of the back pain. So we go through a really rigorous intro session, and you know it's it's um it's really like a, a two week trial type of thing where you know they get real hands on um uh, uh, training and and form and technique and making sure that they're doing it the right way, and it's it's a trial for them as much as it is a trial for us, and mm-hmm. and. You know, once we get some of that in and, and we, we get them working and, and we get them, you know, a kettlebell swing or deadlifts with, you know, there's some, you know, just simple, you know, nothing crazy, nothing like, you know, too outrageous. You know, we're not doing box jumps and, and crazy stuff like that. It's just it's real simple movement with strength, you know, it's loaded, loaded movement. And 
it usually eliminates a lot. We have a pretty good, I'm going to knock on wood, we have a pretty good um, record with keeping people healthy or getting people healthier when, when you know, when they come to us. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and I also deal with a lot of runners, so I see a lot of that stuff. I mean, I see hips, knees, ankles, uh, you know, uh, front and back, uh, and, you know, not really a whole lot of back stuff with that from time to time, some lower back stuff. But once we're strength training with them, you know, a lot of runners don't, they're one trick ponies. They, uh, they go, they for a run and that's their thing. And, um, once we implement or, you know, just add on some of the, the strength training stuff that we do doesn't have to be heavy. We're not making uh, bodybuilders, and we're not making you know. I always say we're not making underpants models here. You know, we gotta we just gotta get moving and 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 do some things to support, you know, your 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 um, sport of choice, which is running. And uh, you know, we, that actually keeps them on the road a lot more. You know, adding the the strength uh, training in there, it's like call it like like prehab stuff. You know, we can why wait till we get to physical therapy to work on our hips? Um, right, you know. I think that's great. I think three parts in that. Number one, I haven't heard uh, underpants said in a very long time. <laughs> that's why I say it. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's probably as much as I've heard chonies. Uh, Panties is another good word. I like that one. I say that to my son. Sweetheart. Can you fold your panties? He's like, um, Mom. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, second thing is actually, um, yeah, the, the power of the, the glutes. I think the, uh, I always call it the human engine or the hips. Now, once you get that involved, the spine, a lot of the spine stuff dissipates out. So I know people are sometimes afraid of deadlifting, but even, you, you even do like, you know, like kettlebells at like, say, say someone weighs 150 pounds, you do it at like 30 pounds, 40 pounds, have them set their tension. And, uh, you know, not for, not for amazing, not for crazy reps at one time. It's in it, all of a sudden it's magical. Um, third thing was that, um, this, this will go for runners and lifters alike actually. And, uh, this doesn't work with everybody, but let me give that disclaimer on it is uh, this is just off the top of my head. So a lot of times we see people with pain bending forward or um, or in your running population, you have your, your dreaded ITVN syndrome that never tends to go away. And it's worse in the morning, it goes down the thigh, it feels a little tight and so on, right? Um, so we have something which called, it's, um, it's off of the McKenzie protocols. Um, it's called McKenzie extension or it's end range loading in yoga. It looks like a, a cobra. And so we find that, that a lot of times, and I had a, had a case like just, just the other day, she has groin pain, she's a runner, she's a groin pain, she has IT band pain, she has hamstring, or sorry, all tightness, um, hamstring tightness, back tightness just won't go away. And so we did about 30 slow reps, none of them were painful, of extending back into a Cobra. And so she was, she was recommended to do that for the next week, um, like 10 times an hour. And she came back the next week, she's like, I can't believe how good I feel. I've been foam rolling the snot out of this thing for I don't know how long. I've been stretching for I don't know how long. And you're kidding me. Doing Cobras got rid of it. Um, and the same thing with the back thing. Um, or sorry, with the uh, with the bending forward thing. Sometimes there's just a, uh, a little bit of a threat. And when you extend them backwards, it reduces the threat on the disc or the nerve. And all of a sudden, they can bend forward again without having doing, doing any flexibility training. They get like another three inches. So just three thoughts anyways. Appreciate it. I yeah. yell at everyone about their yoga and stretching <laughs> on a daily basis that I see. You know, my this hurts, my that. And I said, "How are you? Are you stretching? Are you working on flexibility? Is it? I mean, it it matters, people. Like, <laughs> she's she's not having it, Sebastian. Not she's having not having it. it. I am. Not having it. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she's not on board. I'm telling you, you try it. You try it. You'd be surprised. It's the. Uh, it, this is a whole tangent topic. Tell me, tell me if I got to speed this one up. 
So there's the concept of threat. And this is what we work on a lot of about in uh, sports medicine is that, so if I taught you how to run for one month at a time, we did it every single day. We were so good. We did pose method. We did all that stuff, chi running, everything you want. And so I teach you to run. You're perfect. Now I'm going to have your, I'm going to shut your eyes off or, or I'm going to put blinders on you and have you run. What happens? Yeah. You no longer run with perfect form, right? Because you're right. worried about other things. And so there, there's a concept of threat. And so whenever there's threat involved, motor patterns change as well as tightness ensues. And so when you remove the threat, whether it's real or fake threat, um, their tightness and mobility increases in, uh, instantaneously. It might not stay there, but it back without even having to stretch a thing at all. All right. I'm going to throw this out here. What he just said, uh-huh. flashbacks. So I taught myself how to swim for a big race last year. And you a lot of a lot of endurance athletes, a lot of triathletes listening know exactly what I'm talking about. You train in a pool. Train in a pool, you can see the lines, you got your goggles on. All of a sudden, guess what? You're not swimming in a pool no. when you're doing a try or an Ironman or whatever. You are in dark water. You're not hearing, you're not seeing anything. Legs kicking. Every you're getting punched in the face. <laughs> totally different. But to train yourself to be able to you know, duplicate what you've done in different situations is such an amazing, just that mind body connection. I think, I mean, I think all of it, all of it's related, but that's, I think Uh really powerful. What you said about running, I think goes with the swimming and everything else. When you kind of take away those senses, it's a very powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that threat that's perceived in in swimming, I can resonate with that. I I did a, a wildflower triathlon and it was literally like tar water um, you couldn't see a darn thing and it's not conscious, but you're wondering, uh, or so it's not conscious, but there's a perceived threat there subconsciously and it changes things. Even when people are next to you swimming, right. It's, it's you don't want to get hit around. You're right. So things change. I was like, there's going to be a shark that eats me. There's going to be like I a mean, dead body. Something's going to happen. I was at like, I've in jumped your in head. the same water, you know, like, we, we, you know, we're right here at the beach on the other end uh, of the country, but, uh, you know, you jump in the water at night. It's different. <laughs> you know, you, I like, I don't, I, you pick your feet up. I don't know why I do that. I pick my feet up. I, you know, I'll be in the water and, and I'll, you know, instead of like saying, it's weird. It's a weird reaction. And I've done it a million times. I mean, I grew up uh, on the beach and, and it's just, you know, it's just something different. You know, something, if yeah. it's dark and something runs uh, by your foot, yeah. you know, what is that? You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's way different. All of a sudden seaweed is very different at night. Yeah. And the daytime. It's yeah. like a hand ready to pull you <laughs> under. Oh, geez. So let's talk, um, for our listeners out there that want to find out more about number one, we'll put your podcast and book and all that information up on our end, but let them know right now book where where can they get it the title again podcast all that fun stuff yeah um so the book is i will beat back pain it's on amazon it's on kindle it's on audible so um all of the places that and the reason i did that was because i didn't want another excuse of why you couldn't do it you didn't have time to read and so on everybody drives so get the audible um you can find it through my site if you just go to p2sportscare.com that's p a letter to the number of sports is plural care.com um i and i I made this easy because um, some people don't want to type it up on Amazon. So if you go through there, um, there's a there's a there's a button that'll take you directly to Amazon. You buy it there. And so um, the podcast is called Restoring Human Movement. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and all this stuff. Uh, if you're confused about how to find that as well, you can obviously go on the, the P2 site again, and it's there again. Um, I try to make it so that's the hub for everyone to find stuff if they want to. But that releases weekly. 
Um, and yeah, there's a lot of good things in the archives on that. So, um, did you know, do you guys know that iTunes started taking away, they didn't want you to put a session number anymore. Yeah. I started getting emails on that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really kind of like an episode or, or, yeah, they don't want you to, to do you want us to just write out the number? (laughs) Like, is that what it is? We can just write out. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough. I would reference a bunch of numbers, but I'm going back and we're having them changed. So, but there's, but there's a lot of good information there with people. So why not numbers? What's going on? What's that? Why not? What's, is there something? I don't don't know know why they don't want you to do the numbers anymore, but um, I, I titled them all numbers that way I can, like, I know like as runners with a foot problem, 94 is your way to go. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> if you're worried about nervous system stuff, 91 is the way to go, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to, maybe I've committed them all to memory that way, but I can, I can tell you the names, but obviously, uh, um, Ooh, you know what? You guys know Tom showed he's a, uh, he's up in Boston area. He's amazing as a, a runner's, um, doctor. He's, he's by far the the most educated uh like uh, foot ankle person for runner's health uh, okay. out there i'll look so, him up i'll look him up yes. we got a heavy hitter near us dr john connors uh who's uh he's a he's a pretty heavy uh, podiatrist by trade but he's a you know running doctor that uh pretty much knee and below he'll uh he'll take god a i hope i don't have to see no, these people yeah I'm just, yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah, lie. yeah so I'm like oh but we'll, we'll look up we'll look up the doctor in boston for sure yeah sorry um, i didn't i didn't want to discredit the other doc no 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 absolutely <laughs> not i just look i go i go go with the one i know you know it's uh he's uh he takes good care he, he treats a lot of a lot of uh a lot of high-end men and women. Um, so your Instagram is awesome too. You're Thanks, a lot Instagram, at uh, Performance HB. I'm not as active on there. Um, if you want to hear most of the stuff I produce, it's in it's in the podcast form. I have a YouTube video that comes out weekly as well. Um, so there's lots of free stuff that I give people. Um, there's even, there's all these little mini guides on the site as well, on the P2 site where it's like, if I had to, it's kind of like if I had to guess because a lot of people have uh they have, they email me about like, Hey, I got this foot problem. I live over in Kentucky. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, I can't manage you and you're far away. And you're not coming in. And so I wrote down these little programs that if I just had to guess what would probably take care of an ankle or a foot or a knee or an IT vent or a shoulder, I, I put them in there and people can buy them. And so those are all in the store in the site. If people have these random injuries, they're concerned about as well. Good stuff. Very good. You're thorough. Very thorough. Try to be. Yeah. I love it. It's enough. <laughs> well, Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon and just giving us some amazing information. And I'm excited about your book and the podcast and everything. So super appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I know it's a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we appreciate it for sure. Try, try and hang yeah. in there out there in, uh, in Manhattan Beach. Huntington. Yeah. Huntington Beach. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, it's all beautiful. Hang in there. All right. By the way, can I can I make one comment before we go? Sure. Everybody, if you haven't given a review to the to the two fit crazies, please do and please subscribe. It's it's hard to share good information when people don't subscribe and do reviews. Here, here. And also to restoring human movement as well, correct? Thank you. Yeah. It's a subscribe. home. Subscribe. That's right. Like, comment. Do it all. It's all about rising with the tide. So we're in this together, everybody. That's yep. it. All right. So with that said, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazes. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.